Welcome to Consultation Room 24, a podcast brought to you by the Crone Clinic, our family caring for yours. I am your host, Dr. Kirk Lane, and today I have the special pleasure of interviewing our very own Dr. Michelle Clark Forstein. She's going to talk about immunizations, how they work, and why they are perhaps the greatest single advancement in the history of medicine. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, you're a hometown doctor, born and raised in Jackson County. As a matter of fact, you were born at our local hospital. I was. So curious, which doctor did your delivery? Dr. Eugene Crone did, and <laughs> apparently it was a very quick labor and delivery, and the the legend in my family are, is that his shoes got a little bit dirty. <laughs> his shoes got dirty? <laughs> I'm assuming from the delivery process. So have you ever talked to him about it? <laughs> no, I haven't. I um, We have briefly talked about the fact that he delivered me, but I'm not sure that he recalls the specific details. I mean, Dr. Crone delivered many, many babies, so I'm sure that doesn't stick out in his mind very much. Are you the only baby he delivered who subsequently has become a doctor here? That I don't know. I would be curious to know who delivered Dr. Nick Katowski. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, um, we got to find that out. Yeah, that would be a very interesting tidbit of information. Huh. So, you know, a lot of people grow up in small towns and they're focused on getting away. They they have these dreams of like, as soon as I get out of this place, I'm headed to New York or Houston or San mm -hmm. Francisco or whatever. Did you have those dreams? Not really. I really like to travel. So it's not like I stay in the Alma Center area all of the time for all of my life. I actually studied abroad in Costa Rica. I lived in Costa Rica for a semester during college. I spent a few months in Thailand when I was in medical school, and I did a public health study tour in England as well. So I love to get out and about, but I love my community. I feel like there's nothing that beats a small community coming together towards a common cause, for example, helping out people in need, coming together for kids, for sports. It's just the community feel that I would have never wanted to leave. And so that's why we're here. So you grew up in Alma Center. I did. <laughs> <laughs> what was your childhood like? It was great. Um, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a kid in Alma Center anymore, but I would be outside playing with friends from sunup, sundown all summer long. You know, it was that sort of thing where mom would say, be home at dark. And that's what I did. Came home at dark. So lots of um, tackle football and ghosts in the graveyard and riding my bike around town, stopping at the little, there used to be a little grocery store there, getting Tootsie Rolls at the grocery store. It was great. Wow. So truly the small town experience as a child. For sure. When I was in just getting into junior high, we moved out to the country outside of Humbird, and that changes things. I didn't have a driver's license or anything, so, um, you know, would rely on family members to drive me to friends' houses and such. But then I just spent more time outside mowing the lawn and up in the woods, picking berries, all kinds of stuff at, at home. Still Hornet proud? Of course, of course. My, t my children go to Lincoln Elementary right now. They'll be in the Alma Center Humbird, Maryland School District um, for all of their schooling. So absolutely Hornet proud. 
So you happen to have a famous sister. I do. <laughs> she might even be more more well known than you. I think she is actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, at our house, you're very appreciated. You're my wife's doctor, my daughter's doctor. You delivered my grandson, but. I think I hear more about your sister than you. <laughs> right, right. Because we have the three dogs and the, and the two horses, of course. So mm-hmm. why didn't you go into veterinary medicine like Jamie? I can't really answer that. And I can't really answer why Jamie went into veterinary medicine either. Um, we both come from humble backgrounds. My dad was a lifelong laborer um, on the railroad, uh, retired after 40-some years with Union Pacific Railroad. My mom was a high school graduate, had her own flower shop. She did um, computer work, page layout for a couple of different newspaper companies. Um, And then she ended up going back to get an associate degree in human resources and now is over at the hospital. So we don't have medicine in our background. We both were hard workers, set high goals, wanted to achieve those goals, Um, and I forever wanted to be a doctor. Apparently, my parents say that that was my thing. And one of my best friends said she wanted to be a lawyer. So we figured we'd be quite the pair. (laughs) Who's that? Jessica Ellingson. She's not a lawyer, but um, she could have been. Wow. She argues well. She argues well. (laughs) Anyways, so Jamie, I mean, we've always been animal lovers. And I think maybe Jamie, and maybe this is where I get my love for caring for children too, caring for people and creatures that maybe can't express well how they're feeling or when something is wrong and and figuring out the puzzle and interpreting that to fix it. So you have a lot of compassion for the underserved and for those who can't speak for themselves. Of course. Yes. So do your parents have like a secret sauce? Did they give you a special vitamin or (laughs) was there something they did to have two daughters that went on to receive doctorate-level educations and then returned to the community? I think the biggest things they did for us, they instilled the desire to do things well, to put your all into everything that you do so that the outcomes are good and what you want them to be. But when they're not good, when things don't go the way they like we wanted them to. For example, in high school, our, co- our our basketball team was very close to state multiple years in a row, and we never got there, unfortunately. And so they taught us how to lose gracefully, too. Um, and then they always were there. We always knew that our parents had our backs, that they would help us through any problem that we had. I think it's just sort of common small-town family values, honestly, and it just turned out well for us. That's awesome. So you met Kevin in Alma Center. I did. And for those who don't know, Kevin is Michelle's husband. Correct. Tell me about that. We have known each other since very young, so early elementary school. First grade, second grade? Had to have been um, somewhere in there. You You don't remember meeting him? Uh, he was my sweetheart in fifth grade, even. Okay. It wasn't constant, constant since then. But, um, yeah, he was my sweetheart in fifth grade. We used to ride bikes around Alma Center, too. So I think – so we started dating as sophomores in high school, for real. 
And I think it just was we had a crush on each other, started to kind of, you know, flirt around in the hallways and that sort of thing. And our first date was to watch the junior prom together on April 8th, 2000. Um, and ever since then, we've been inseparable. Okay. So he's he's kind of always been the one. Always. Did you guys ever break up? Take a break like friends? Um, I mean, between fifth grade and, and sophomore year, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he didn't have to really woo you. Um, I guess not. I guess I've never thought about that. Okay. All right. Interesting. Any suggestions for our listeners on keeping that flame of the early romance alive? So we try to do things with just the two of us a couple times a year. So this year, of course, things have been very different due to COVID, but um, we try to go on vacation, just the two of us, once or twice a year. Um, One of our very favorite vacations was Hawaii in 2015. It was the long-delayed honeymoon that we never had. We take common love, you know, with our kids. That's a big part of our lives. Everything kind of revolves around our kids, but we never forget that the reason we have kids is because we love each other. Listeners, I hope you're finding Michelle as interesting as I am to listen to. I'd ask you to go to the Crone Clinic's Facebook page and leave a comment under the link for this podcast and let me know honestly how you think we are doing and any suggestions you have for improvement. Could you tell me briefly about the first time you met your spouse or significant other? I'm going to tell you that I met my wife, Michelle, of 30-plus years outside the cougar's cage at the University of Houston. And I'm talking about an actual cougar that I was a caretaker for, not a bar. So out of that romance with Kevin, you have three kids. We do. (laughs) (laughs) Long pause there. Yeah, we have three kids. We have a uh, two-year-old named Felix. Well, he's two and a half now, actually. Um, We have an eight-year-old, Aubrey, and a seven-year-old, Leo. So the dynamic at your house complete insanity and craziness or most what? days most days it's wild and mostly because of the two and a half year old he's really started to come into his own personality and he runs out growling and yelling and this morning actually we were awoken at about six thirty a.m to my eight-year-old and my two and a half year old yelling at each other so that's fun awesome <laughs> right awesome i know that it, when i have uh, dropped off the pager increasingly he likes to come out and talk yes and usually he's not wearing pants yes yeah <laughs> Comes out, diaper, just hanging out. No diaper anymore. No diaper He's anymore. He's potty trained now, and so he just runs around with no pants on. No pants. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll keep that under advisement. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people want to know, when a when a doctor takes time off, and I mean really time off, no pager, no phone, nothing, what are we going to find you doing? I typically am either out of the state or out of the country if that's happening. I'm not the best at making myself unavailable, and I think that is uh, my sister's fatal flaw as well. We're typically available at all times. And so if I really 
have to sign out for something. It's probably for a birthday party for my kids. We're doing something special as a family. Maybe it's my anniversary. And usually it's relaxing. Maybe we're at the campground sitting around a fire, cooking up some s'mores or pudgy pies. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I'm usually always available. Yes, I know. Sadly, <laughs> this is something I've had to talk to you about several times. <laughs> Take a break. Okay. So having been your mentor here at the Crone Clinic, I happen to know that you pursued a degree at UW-Eau Claire and majored in Spanish. Actually, I had a minor in Spanish. Oh, it's a minor in yeah. Spanish. So I got it wrong. My major was biology. Okay. So major in biology, minor in Spanish. Biology, I see. Why Spanish? Language is just something that I seem to excel at. Right now, I would say my Spanish skills are pretty poor. Um, I haven't really had the opportunity to use them. But I I just enjoy learning about other cultures and other languages. And I really am a person who likes to be able to communicate. And so um, Spanish was something that I started with in high school. And I just really took to it and excelled at it. And so I thought, why not continue that in college? And it also gave me the opportunity to, to live that semester in Costa Rica and really, really live as a native Costa Rican. How often do you use your Spanish now? Rarely. Rarely. I think probably within the last two years I have. Um, I delivered a baby to a mom who spoke Spanish only, and then I've had a couple of office visits, but I said rarely. I would like to change that. Um, there are some medical Spanish immersion courses. They're two or three weeks long. I'd like to do that sometime. Um, we'll see. Huh. Okay. When did you decide to pursue medicine as a career? So for real, decided to pursue medicine in college. Um, I was seriously considering it during high school. But of course, no one knows what to expect before you go to college, what the training will be like, the coursework. Um, and I was finding that I still really loved science. I loved the way the human body works. Even more important for me, I've just always been a person of relationships being important to me. And so, I mean, for me, medicine is more of an art than a science, although clearly I, I love the science too. So the attraction of medicine for you over engineering or teaching, I know you have an interest in teaching, what was the what was the final thing that kicked you over to pursue four years of medical school and then three years of residency? Right, and in between there, two years of public health also. Right, right. Um, I, actually, I did a youth health apprenticeship when I was in high school, and through that, I was a nursing a certified nursing assistant at. Black River Memorial Hospital. Which is how we met. It is how we met. You used to give me old journals that yes. you had already read through. Yes. Um, and so that was a great um, kind of jumpstart for me. I can still recall, and this was a central part of my admissions process to medical school, I always talked about the relationships with patients. And so I had a patient who really touched my heart and um, I took care of her in the hospital for several days, and after she was discharged, um, I would go and see her in her apartment in, a, in the assisted living, one of the assisted living facilities here in town, and she actually sent me a year later um, a Christmas card, and inside, um, she had made a little magnet. It was a little um, like a cross-stitch magnet, um, and I can't even recall 
the statement on it. It stuck with me forever. It's I could probably look back in my medical school personal statement, but it said something about um, a hug. And, and I was just like, wow, that really stuck with her and it really stuck with me. And um, I just like being with people and helping people. Yeah, you know, for me, the great part about being a family practice doctor is it's an opportunity to apply science to human relationships because I love scientific things and I love, you know, biology and pharmacology and genetics and all those things. But I can't imagine just doing that. I also like interacting with people. And I think that's what calls all of us to it is that hug sensation you get from making a difference in people's lives and and then they make a difference in your life. Kirk, I think in this group in particular, that's true. I think that all of us here at Crone Clinic feel that way. That's what drives us to be good physicians. Absolutely. Absolutely. A large part of your practice is the care of women who are pregnant and their children. Was this something you knew from the start you wanted to do? Or did having your own kids create this interest? Oh, I I had that interest long before I had kids. Actually, I think it was watching all of you practice medicine that made me realize I could do it all. I could see patients in the hospital. I could see them in the clinic. I could deliver their babies. I could take care of them when they were on hospice. You can't you can't find that many places around the country anymore, and certainly not in Wisconsin. And this, if I couldn't do medicine here, I didn't want to do family medicine. And so that's what brought me back. No kidding. Absolutely. Okay. I didn't know that. It is interesting because I think that people who have been in Black River Falls their entire life have no idea what a unique situation this is with the Crone Clinic physicians doing so many different things. It's very different than family practice in a larger city. Yeah, it's shockingly different. We aren't necessarily, you know, a referral center just sending people out, although we do send people to specialists, but we can do specialized cardiac care here that most family physicians aren't doing. You and I do specialized gynecologic care. Dr. Souza is also getting into that now. Sleep medicine, um, special type of musculoskeletal treatments and medicine. These are just things that you don't find at family practice clinics in other places. And so it is very unique. Um, I feel very um, happy to be here. And that's why I keep on in medicine. You know, it can be a really stressful thing to be a physician available all the time, delivering lots of babies, but that's also what brings me joy. Um, And then I get to see them all the way through. I follow them as they grow up. I make sure they stay healthy. Maybe someday I'll be delivering their babies. I know there are physicians here who, who did that. Right, right. I haven't done that yet, but I think it's coming soon. (laughs) Okay. So I think we're going to take our first break here and call this part one of the podcast. And then we're going to pick up with part two, where we're going to talk about immunizations, lots of discussion about immunizations, controversies about them, how they work. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be super interesting. 